What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Splitline Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me, as always... Brandon White here, guys. I'm glad to be back this week. Uh, had a miss last week. Had to take care of my mom a little bit, but uh, we're back to go. We're, we're ready to talk this week. Yeah, guys, uh, unfortunately, Brandon missed uh, a good episode last week with Bryce and Neil, but this week, we have another special episode coming at you guys. We're going to be having another guest on our show. This time, we're going to go to the two-wheel side of things. We're going to have... A pro privateer, a West Virginia native, number 297, Vincent Harrison on the line today. So we're going to get him on the line here in a few minutes. Uh, We're going to talk about that. GNCC just released their schedule for the 2021 season. So we'll talk about that a little bit, what we think about that. And um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Supercross as well if we have some time at the end. Sounds good, man. So with that, we're going to be bringing uh, Vincent on here in a second, guys. Before we do that, though, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about our uh, Instagram and Facebook page. Make sure you go there and like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, look at our content that we're putting out, and uh, kind of interact with us, guys. We want to hear from you. Uh, We want to see what you guys have to think. Uh, We got a lot of good response back from the the last episode with Bryce and Neil, and we want to continue that uh, open line of communication with you guys. So... uh, uh, you just just hit us up and let us know what's up. Yeah, man, show some of those bike bills that's going on over the winter. You know, yeah. throw some pictures up there on force. Yeah, everybody gets everything nice and pretty over the winter just to go out and destroy it in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's that woods guys stuff. That's that you know, it's woods. You know, yeah. motocross guys they keep their stuff nice and clean all year. Except for Vincent, his <laughs> last bike didn't look too good exactly. at the end. Exactly. <laughs> we should get him on a line here soon. Huh? Yeah, we'll talk to him here in a minute, and we'll discuss uh, why his bike looked like it did in one of the last pictures we saw from him not too long ago. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring him on. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, as promised, here on the phone with us today is Vincent Harrison out of West Virginia, native rider. He's a pro privateer, number 297. And Vincent, welcome to the show, buddy. Hi, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, no problem, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, buddy, we really appreciate your time taking out today and uh, just talking to us about your career and and uh, some of the struggles that you've been through recently and uh, what's kind of gotten you to where you're at today, being able to live the pro-privateer lifestyle. Well, uh, basically it all started around the age of nine, man. Um, just got into riding dirt bikes locally there at Pyramid Valley when that was still a thing. Uh, coming up through the amateur stuff, trying to get to Loretta's, all that great stuff. Then eventually I started racing there in uh, Canada professionally. I did that for two years. Um, made a couple mains up there. And uh, now I'm racing here in the States professionally and going to try to continue this for, I guess, the next few years as much as I can. That's awesome, man. Um we definitely want to talk to you about the Canada stuff for sure because I'm really interested in that. I follow uh, Pulp MX and and they talk about the Canadian series quite a bit and and a lot of the U.S. guys that make their way up there and, and are able to find success. But first, what years did you race at Pyramid Valley? Because uh, that's where Brandon and I kind of grew up in our racing career as well. Well, it would have started around 2009, 2010. Um, as, well, I was still on 85s at that time, so going through the ranks there um you know it was local i'm from buchanan west virginia so i was like right on our neck of the woods so just racing there all the way until i think 250c class and then around that time i think is when they kind of faded off but um yeah just started there locally and then did some pamx stuff going through the ranks there and then eventually turning pro there in 2018 that's really cool to hear that you were like in you know local c classes and you were able to work your way up from there um 
that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome to hear. Do you did you do a lot of national events uh, when you were when you were that young, or did that just kind of come later? What led to you getting into the national scene? Um, basically, I just started around 250C age. Um, I was about uh, 13, 14 years old going through PAMX stuff. Some of their series generally led to those Loretta Lane qualifiers and then trying to go to some pro-ams eventually later on to get you know some pro points. Um, actually, initially, I ended up going to Canada because I couldn't get my license here in the States yet. I wasn't eligible. And then I were, actually, that was a really good stepping stone up there. So I've heard a lot about Canada, a lot of a lot about Canada, and how a lot of it is rough and sandy. Do you feel like that really elevated your level of riding uh, to be able to ride the rough stuff? Oh yeah, definitely, man. On a national level, those tracks are more or less um, similar to like a GP style track. Uh, here, they're just you know, there's a lot more bigger jumps there necessarily. It's a, it really is a lot of sand. Like for instance, Sandalee and Gopher Dunes, um, those are straight sand tracks. I mean, we don't really, other than Southwick on the national circuit, we don't really get anything like that down here. So you know, going up there is it's a really great stepping stone. And honestly, I'd recommend it for a lot of riders that are coming up through the ranks. It's you know, it's it, it really is a good good starter field to get on a national level there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of talent that goes up there. I mean, uh, I think Michael Lessie and um, you know a lot of ex pros go over there and uh, you know start or still riding up there. So it's not like there's not a lot of talent you know up that way. So I mean, Canada's a pretty good place to go. Yeah, Filthy Phil has been up there trying to win that championship, and he's not been able to do it yet. But uh, I think he's gonna be back for the twenty. 21 season up there in, in Canada. So uh, a lot of really, really talented riders go up there for sure. Definitely. It's definitely a good experience too. And, you know, honestly, the, the atmosphere up there for a professional level, it's a lot more laid back than what it is. No offense to the AMA series here, but it, it, it really is. Um, I mean, you just, you, you get more hospitality whenever, you know, just in the general race scene, it's a lot more hospitality. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, in the United States, it's a lot more business than it is anything else, it, which is a downfall. You know, a lot of people, like, I, I think that the Nationals should be more kind of open. I feel like it's more closed off to the fans and more, you know, it's kind of tight. You know what I'm saying? Do they mix their pro series in with amateur events up there as well? So they do that for um, the Walton series. Okay. Uh, they have, it's similar to Loretta Lynn's. Um, I'm almost positive they do the pro uh, the pro national race up there the following weekend after the amateur events. But um, I know they do women. They still have the WMX series up there, which I do think you know that definitely should come back to the states for sure too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what's it like, uh, you know, being out of country, living? I'm not sure. Were you living in a hotel? Were you living in an RV? Uh, what was that experience like, and how do you feel like that affected your your ability to race? Did you have places that you could practice? You know, kind of stuff like that. Honestly, man, I went into a lot of those Canadian nationals blind. I did it straight out of my Chevy Express van, and we just rent um, an Airbnb up there when we'd go. Um, it definitely brings a perspective to you know just really being passionate about being a motocross racer. I mean, it 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 definitely has a lot of blood, sweat, and tears there, and uh, you got to be super passionate, or else it's just gonna take you and kill your dreams. I'm sure, man. I, that's got to be a lot of hard work, and you know, living on the road and like you said, chasing your dreams. That's 
not a lot of people get to say that they were able to do that, especially out of country. So, you, you know, that's something you can really hang your hat on as, to, uh, as an accomplishment in your life too, to be able to chase that dream and go up there and, and, and do that uh, there as well. What led you to come back to the States and pursue the, uh, the AMA series? Honestly, man, the whole, the, actually, I initially, okay, so the beginning of 2020, before COVID, I initially planned on going back up there and doing the Triple Crown uh, series, but I couldn't manage to uh, work and do the two-week quarantine. There was just no feasible way because I ha- I couldn't just go in and out every time I'd have to do that two-week quarantine, and it just, it, it just wasn't going to happen this year, so I was like, you know what, we'll go ahead and try to get the AMA card here. Um, ended up happening around, I think, july and then they uh they pushed back the nationals till later that fall this past fall and uh we just started to do that and I, I still had full intentions on racing up in canada up until this year so it was just kind of last minute that's awesome so are you traveling with a mechanic when you go to you know out of country uh are you doing your own uh bike work How, how's that side of the uh equation working for you so basically, I do typically have a mechanic with me, but the last three rounds I did of the Pro Motocross Series this year was actually just my girlfriend and I doing it, and she <laughs> helps me a ton. Um, but yeah, mostly it's just me doing all the bike work prior to the national, and then if I can get a mechanic, that's great. But it, it's really hard to find somebody to come with you almost every race. You know, they really got to free their schedule up. So yeah, it's just kind of difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I seen that picture on your Facebook where it was just you and your bike stand, and it was connected to your bike, and I and you're you know walking, and and honestly, that speaks more loudly, at, you know, more than words when you see a you know a picture like that, and then with your caption, you have no one help, you know, very 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 little people helping you to get where you're going, and it's not and it's not stopping you at all. So that's really right. cool to see. Definitely, man. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's all about passion, man. It doesn't matter how good you are on the track. If you still love this sport enough, you're going to find a way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the AMA series and, and what it was like for you this year running it. Yeah, it was good, man. I actually had a pretty good run this year. My best was probably in Florida at WWMX. I would say, you know, just trying to get through the LCQ, it, dude, you got to qualify just for, to get into the LCQ itself. So just to get in that is a feat all on its own. Everybody obviously is super duper fast. So getting out of the LCQ is pretty tough. You know, trying to get a good qualifying time when you don't know the tracks, that's definitely difficult. You know, no practice, just kind of going in blind. So yeah, it's, it, it's tough, but you know, you got to just keep going through it, man. And eventually you find your pace and but like I said, I think Florida, hands down, was probably my best round this year. Um, I felt the most comfortable there. Colorado, I did okay. and made the LCQ there, too. That was an interesting trip to Colorado. I, I remember you were trying to find a box trailer to even get uh, get your stuff yeah, across country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, mine, uh, mine took a crap on me there the, the week prior to going out to Colorado and racing that Pro National. A couple of leaf springs broke on my trailer so I couldn't even use it and it was still down at the time and uh, I had a good friend from uh, Roaring Knob MX he uh, he lent me his trailer and uh, we ended up making that national trip out there how many nationals did you make this year did you make the full season no I only did five out of the nine that they ran this year which was you know that's more than half that's still quite a a bit yeah or yeah yeah Try to just make, you know, try to get into as many as I could, the more experience I got, you know, you just figure it out as you go to each round. 
<clears throat> we'll go uh, back to Florida down there. I know it was pretty hot, and that track looked pretty gnarly. You know, all, all those rollers and the sand and, and everything. You talk, talk to us about the track. You know, let us uh, tell us about how that's like and then the heat and how it's different from up here in good old West Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It was, I think, on race day, it was 96 degrees, and we're talking at like 10 a.m., man, right in first qualifying. So it was pretty warm, you know, that day. Uh, the sand, dude, it, it just gets so choppy and so rough so quick, and they don't touch the track throughout the day. So you pretty much get what you get. And uh, that's a lot more gnarly than anything we typically get. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I, uh, I I remember watching that national, and I was watching how the track was deteriorating uh, throughout the day because we watched the qualifying as well, and, and I can only imagine uh, the roughness of that. And I'm sure the track is probably changing every single lap, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, I think after the LCQ, we went, to watch the, we went back and watched the mains, man. I think there was a kid that had a heat stroke that actually passed out and literally fell off his bike um, mid-moto. I want to say it was a second moto in 450 class, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's brutal, man. I mean, the heat and the conditions, it's, it's definitely tough. I remember what was the year before, wasn't it? Chase Sexton happened to kind of quit the series after that race when he, uh, when he went down on the podium, right? I think that was Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Chase won his first moto, but exhausted himself out. So it tells you how hot it gets down there. You know, professionals like that have issues and, and stuff like that, but uh, it's interesting. So what's your uh, training program like through the week during the season? Are you able to, to get out and train at all, or, or is it just, I'm sure it's a ton of work just being able to make it to the track? Um, well, so basically, uh, typically, you know, before the, the actual season starts itself, I'm in the gym at least three or four times a week. Try to do as much as I can before or after work. Um, then on the weekends, if I get an off weekend, then – I'll end up going to the track or locally Roaring Knobs, typically the place I train at. And uh, we'll, we'll do like two 30-minute motos or so just on a practice day, and we'll call it good, run some uh, sprint laps. And uh, other than that, man, that's basically my program. I mean, just basically whenever I can ride, I can ride. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's not <clears throat> not many of those other guys have to work a full time job uh, as well as as being able to train and travel. Uh, I mean, you don't really have many free hours after after that for sure. I'm I'm sure. So you just recently have been having to come back from an injury. Um, we saw the crash. Uh, we we saw the aftermath of the crash with your bike and everything. How are you doing now? And what's the road to recovery been like for you? Man, I tell you what, out of all the injuries I've had, which has been a lot in the last few years, um, this has probably been the toughest mentally because your spine is just so, um, I want to say, it, it, it's hard to guess what's going to happen in the first few days of this injury or what it was in the first few days of this injury. Um, it's been tough, dude. I, I just uh, been trying to make the best of it. I can't still really do much right now. I still have about another month until I start physical therapy. And I'm hoping to be back on the bike by March, hoping. But so it's been, uh, it's been, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so what happened? What actually happened? Or do you remember? Um, well, I did get knocked kind of silly there. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think I was coming down a hill. It was at a, it was in the season race, man. I wasn't even going to race to stay either. I was actually just helping up at the track at Roaring Knob. And uh, we were, I was just helping them out. I wasn't even going to race. So it was just kind of a last-minute decision. I ended up going out in plus 25. Um, 
I think this was like the third or fourth lap. The moto was almost done. Coming down a hill, I hit a breaker bump, and it ejected me, and I went end over end and ended up landing straight on my head, and that's what initially caused my back uh, to fracture. Oh, wow. You wouldn't think uh, a little breaking bump would, could do something that serious. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It, it was pretty bad. It blew that whole front, front wheel apart and everything, sent me over. They said I cartwheeled like six times, I think. Jeez. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough for sure. Uh, so have you been – you've not been back on the bike yet, correct? No, no. I, it, I'll probably still got at least two and a half, three months before I'll even swing my leg over a bike. Okay, gotcha. So, what's your what's your plan after that? Do you are you um, are you going to try to prep for the outdoors, um, or or what what are you looking at for the twenty twenty one season? I know there's a lot of unpredictable things going on in the world right now, so it may not it may be hard as a definite decision. But what are you wanting to do? Um, I'm definitely going to try my best to get ready for the Pro Motocross Series. Just, you know, again, with COVID and whenever it starts, if they do any more pushbacks, you know, because of, you know, certain states shutting down again. Um, just basically do my best to prepare and just kind of stay ready for whenever that time is. Um, you know, I got to start training here soon. It's going to be cut a little bit short. You know, if the, the series actually starts in June, I've only got about uh, three months maybe to start training. So it's it's definitely going to be pushing it close, but uh, hopefully I can make it happen. Walk us through, like what's what's happening now. I mean, what do you do every day to try to stay mentally into into it? Try to stay into the, you know, hey, I, I got to get you know get better, get back out on the bike. You know, what wh- what are you thinking right now? Like, are you you know? Because I, I know a lot of times people get hurt and they're like, okay, I'm done. You know, especially this is severity of your accident and everything. So just walk us through that day to day right now. Um, definitely, man. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, I, I have had my moments where I have been, you know, like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm done. Screw this. This really isn't worth it. And then at the same time, I'm like, well, if I can do this for a couple more years, I'll call it good and say, I, you know, I got to do what a lot don't get to do. A lot of people don't get to do. Um, but yeah, day to day right now, I've just been relaxing, been trying to get back in the swing of going to work every day. Um, but it's, it's still been a struggle. My back, you know, it's constantly killing me. Um, it's been numb recently. So that's another, uh, thing that's been thrown in. So yeah, it's been an emotional roller coaster for sure. Are you going to like weekly therapy and doing stuff like that? Or are you at this point on kind of on your own doing your own thing? Um, I haven't even, I haven't even been able, they basically said I got to stay stagnant until I can, uh, start physical therapy. I think I'm supposed to start January uh, 11th, I want to say. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That, I mean, nothing's worse than your back because it just, it connects everything. So, so I'm sure, I'm sure that that's, that's just tough and gutting for you but you know it's awesome to hear that you're wanting to get back on the bike as soon as you can and and get back after it because like Brandon said uh that would that one would probably put a lot of people down and out and uh and ready to throw in the towel but but we like to hear those kinds of stories that you're wanting to get back on the bike and everything and especially from a from a local guy kind of bringing some West Virginia pride with you (laughs) Yeah, definitely, man. It's definitely cool. We only have, I think me and uh, this other guy, his name's Arian Weaver. He's from Morgantown as well. Um, I think we're the only two guys from West Virginia that race uh, the Pro National Series as of right now. So it's definitely really cool to uh, bring in some state pride. And you don't see a lot of guys from our area doing this stuff. So it's 
definitely really sweet to get to do it. <laughs> All the guys in our area race GNCC or, or, or some hair scrambles and GPs, stuff like that. It seems like uh, not a lot of guys are are uh, racing the uh, the MX series. Uh, we just talked to Ben Cunningham, uh, who also is trying to get his pro license, and he race <clears throat> he does a lot of MX stuff. So it's cool to see guys carrying the torch uh, for the MX crowd. That especially guys that uh, that we were able to watch race um, at Pyramid Valley when we were young. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I've talked to Ben a little bit there recently. Well, it's probably been a few months now, but. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad he's trying to get his pro card. I know he's definitely got it in him. Definitely, man. It's cool to see West Virginia guys get out there and do it regardless if it's GNCC or motocross. I just love the sport all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, talk to us who helps you out through the year. I, I think I know I think Smitty's gives you uh, supports you a lot and some other some other people give you a little bit of love. Um, yeah, definitely. Smitty's uh, Yamaha and Kawasaki. Um, I've got my mom's restaurant. She helps me out quite a bit. You know, my girlfriend and uh, Roaring Knob and Max. Uh, I, without those people, I would not be doing any of this stuff. I mean, it's without a doubt, it's financially challenging as it is. Um, and with no place to train, it definitely wouldn't happen. So, <laughs> um, give a shout out to all those guys. They're they're my building blocks. So, what's it like lining up on the on the gate on a, a pro day, knowing that you have a guy, you know, if you would get into the main, the guy that you'd have to beat would be like an Eli Tomac. What, <laughs> what's that like? Oh my gosh, man. Even going out and qualifying, making the LCQ, I've gotten the chance. Um, I think Adam Enticknap and Alex Ray were in one of the LCQs I was in. I believe that was at Loretta Lynn's. It's like, it, it, it really is. It's mind-boggling to see all those guys go out, and then you see the, the, the qualifying session prior to you is Eli Tomac and all those guys. So it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, surreal, you know? You don't it, – it definitely is a weird feeling. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in our local series, you see one of the fast guys show up, and you're like, oh, man, I got to do my best today. But when you go to a national and you line up, and you're like – I really got to do good today if I want to make it there. So, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, you know you, you're pulling out names like Alex Ray and uh, and Intiknap, and those guys are, I mean, in the top one percent of riders in the world, and they're having struggles making it into the <laughs> making it into the main sometimes. Right. So, right. so yeah. you it, know, it's definitely crazy, man. To see all these top guys next to you, and it, it really is like a dream come true to get to even say I was out there with those guys. Honestly. I think one of the one of the coolest things about our sport, whether it be GNCC, whether it be motocross, is there there is a road to be able to get there uh, with those guys. I mean, how many times, how many people can can say, "Oh, okay, I, I got to fi- I figured out a way to go and uh, race a NASCAR race." Like nobody can do that. Nobody can get, just walk in to the NFL and and see what they have against those guys. So. It's cool that our sport offers that type of avenue for guys like like yourself and guys that aspire to to uh, to make it in that world and and you know you get to share the track with some living legends. Right. Yeah. It's great. I'm glad. With you know, there is a long. It's a hell of a road to turn pro. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, man, it's great and it gives you some goal to look forward to. It's not gonna. You know, a lot of people can make it. You just gotta devote it, man. You gotta devote your whole life to it. I mean, if you, if you really think you can do it, you can do it. Basically, it's all mindset. But it, yes, it's great that yeah they offer this uh, this road to turn pro, regardless if it's woods racing, GNCC, or motocross, or 
hair scrambles, whatever it is, you know, it's, it, it's awesome. I love the sport with my whole part, man. And it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you've been able to make it as far as you have through, through blood, sweat and tears and, and, and working and having a really good work ethic because when you think about guys that are lining up on that gate, you don't ever think about one of those guys at one point was probably racing at a local C-class race. So to see the path that you've taken and the path that you've gone from from, from being that guy um, at a local C-class race to, to lining up in the same um, the same venue with the likes of, like Brandon said, Eli Tomac, Ken Rocks, and all those um, just top-tier guys, it's that's really awesome to see, and it's got to be, you know, it's inspiring for me, and I'm sure that, you know, the younger generation should look up to you and, and, and see how, how much work you put in and what can be done with hard work. Definitely, man. Yeah, it's, it's all about goal and vision, man. It's, at the end of the day, anybody can do it. You just have to have passion. Yeah. Um, I see that you did a, a riding school there, kind of like, not really a riding school, but like a little bit of uh, teaching there. I think it was at Rolling Knob, wasn't it? Um, you want to talk to us about uh, that and maybe helping the kids out or whatever? Um, we were trying to get a school together, but unfortunately I couldn't get enough people signed up. I think I had like maybe three or four people signed up in total. It was supposed to be myself, um, Nicholas Frasor and, uh, Jacob Runkles. We were going to host a school there at Roaring Knob. Unfortunately it didn't happen, but uh, yeah, I would love to do something to give back to the motorsports community, you know, just to try to teach these kids that, you know, it, with hard work and effort, you can make it. Yeah, um, especially around here. I mean, there's not a lot of people doing it. I think the only other guy that I've seen around here is AJ Catanzaro. Uh, Matt Tomahawk once in a while. Um, you'll see him have some schools out there, but it's usually late in the year, winter time. So, and it's a little further drive, you know, for us around here in Harrison County. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. AJ's a great teacher. Um, but yeah, I would I would definitely like to put on something if I can get a couple other uh, local pros and. Uh, Maybe here in the next, you know, maybe next fall or something after the season, I'll try to put something together again. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool because uh, there's, like I said, I know there's a lot of kids out there that that really love the sport and need need a good teachers like you guys to to help them out there and show them the right ways to do things. Right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, do you ever uh, have you ever done any kind of GNCC racing or off road, or have you always been strictly moto? Um, actually I have done a few woods races. I'm very terrible at racing woods. I'm not going to lie to you guys, but, um, I, I do the, the, the GP there at high point. I, I've done that when well, I did that in 2017 and 2018, I want to say. And then I do the mountain state hair scramble series. I did them, I think back in like 2015 or 16. I can't remember, but CJ raceway and a couple other locals around Preston County. It's but yeah, it, I'm just—I'm not good at it. <laughs> not good at woods racing at all. It's funny because, um, well, I mean, we both came from moto, and then we in Cooper switched over to uh, GNCC. I still do some moto. I actually went from a quad to a bike, so that's been a fun uh, transition. But uh, it's funny because, like, once in a while, I can have a good woods race, but most of the time, I'd rather be out on the moto track doing some fresh lines and you know hitting some good ruts and stuff like that. But it's funny how you say like a lot of the moto guys are like I'm I'm terrible in the woods. <laughs> I just have a bad bad one. Oh yeah, I definitely think it's a lot of fun, man. It's it, you know honestly, it's really really technical to the point where it's like oh my god, halfway through the race, you're like 
this is, I'm like done. <laughs> you know, you're barely just hanging on. So <laughs> It's kind of yeah. mentally draining too as well. Cause like, you know, you're, I don't know about you, but, but I'm not very good at, at memorizing lines, especially on a track that, you know, I only see that part of the track once every half an hour, <laughs> once every half an hour. Right. So, so there, you know, I raced the mountain state hair scramble this past year and I can think of one instance that I blew this turn in an open field section and it dove down into the woods and I completely missed that turn three of the four laps. <laughs> just, and I knew it was coming too. I just, it, it was just, it grabbed, or it just uh, uh, got me every single time because, you know, you just got to be mentally, uh, you got to be mentally there the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's hard for two and a half, three hours straight. I, I personally can't do it, but yeah, remembering that uh, that line choice every lap when you don't see it that much, yeah, it's tough. I, I, yeah, I, I love it. I like doing it, though. I, I get out there occasionally. Brandon here has want, been wanting me to get on a bike. here, <laughs> And I told him, I think the biggest problem for me would be going from a thumb throttle <laughs> to, to a twist throttle. So if you saw a guy out there running around on a, uh, on a dirt bike with a thumb throttle, how much would you make fun of that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not one to judge, man. You know what? If you're getting out there and you love it, and you're, you, know, you're the artist, you know what? Go for it, man. I, I'm not one to judge about any of that shit. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I could do the twist throttle. I just think I could do better with the thumb throttle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it, as long as you're trying, man, that's all that matters. I, I, Brandon talked about his struggles going from the, uh, thumb, thumb, from the thumb throttle to the twist throttle. And uh, I think I've gotten him to admit that the only reason why he didn't put the thumb throttle on the dirt bike was because of he, di he didn't want to take that embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bike guys, bike guys are hard, man. Bike guys are uh, they're hard on, some, on people, I'm telling you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some real critics around. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're rough on a guy, man. Especially when they know you're coming from a quad. You're like, oh, you quad guys, I tell you. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. But the hardest thing is is over gripping, getting the over grip a little bit. That's that's the hard part. Right. <laughs> Timing and everything on your throttle position there. It takes a while. You'll get it though, man. It, it all comes with time. <laughs> See, I, I just know that, that I would get in over my head and I'd be that guy hanging off the back of the bike, not being able to let go of it as it's, <laughs> as I'm sending it through the woods. <laughs> Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, man. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, have you tried to do any supercross or are you just strictly moto or? Um, you know what? I did try to get my Supercross license back in 2018. I did the Arena Cross Series. Never happened. Uh, I wasn't. I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I didn't make the cut. You know, there's just there. It's a tough crowd. I, I personally don't think a Supercross is in the future. Just outdoors. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't blame you because I mean, around here we don't we don't see nothing like that. I mean, you have to travel a good bit to even try to find a. I think Switchback was the closest style for Supercross around here. And you know, right. and it's nowhere near to what those guys ride on every day. So, oh yeah, I'd have to live in a training facility, and that's just not feasible. I think I do this more along the lines for fun. I don't, I don't really see it as making a living. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be cool to get my supercross license, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Now I know the uh, the Canadian series has. Don't they have three supercross races kind of thrown into their uh, MX series? 
Yeah, yeah, they uh, they do typically run some Supercross after the National Series. Um, they, I know they had one up in Montreal uh, in the big Olympic Stadium up there, and they, they get a couple big-name guys from down here like Malcolm Stewart, Dean Wilson, and a couple other dudes. But, uh, yeah, they run Supercross. I've never personally ran any. I only did the outdoor series up there. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> so out of all the guys um, – in the 450 class, past and present, who do you think is somebody that you've always looked up to and tried to, you know, mirror, mirror your style of riding off of? Um, you know, honestly, man, I really looked up to, uh, in, in the early 2000, well, not early 2000, but about 2010, I really looked up to uh, Ryan Dungey, man. He's kind of a dog, and he came up, he, you know, he ended up winning a few championships, and uh, I liked his riding style, man, super smooth, and uh, barely any mistakes, super consistent, always. Um, yeah. That was who my, you know, probably one of the, my biggest idols, I would say. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan Dungey's super classic guy on and off the track, at least in front of the video camera anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's a, he, I think he was a really good role. How do you think that he would have done coming back this year if he decided to do it? <laughs> Ooh, I think he still got at least a top eight, and I'm, I'm sure. That guy was always, he never made a mistake, man. Rarely, rarely ever made a mistake on the track. And uh, if he did, you know, I think he ended up breaking his neck there at Thunder Valley. I want to say either 2016 or 17, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's always super consistent. So I could see him still being in a title chase for uh, for a championship. Yeah, it, it's crazy to even think if he was talking about coming back and no one's like, "Hey, here's a bike." <laughs> yeah, I just think I, right. I, I think if it wasn't 2020, he'd be back in 2021. I, I think this year is kind of really messing things up with uh, being able to put a team together for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If he was able to find a ride, I would totally, totally think he'd be up in the title fight still. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, do you have anything else that you're wanting to uh, talk about uh, throughout your career? What you What are you looking for in the future? The floor is yours, bud. <laughs> um, basically, man, my, my the hindsight goal is to make a main. Um, I think that that's one goal. I don't know if it'll happen per se, but you know that's something I, I've been I think working towards. The main goal for the longest time was just to turn pro. Um, now the main main goal is to make a main. So. It's uh, it's definitely shift lanes a little bit, so I think uh, maybe with time, I, I'm going to give myself two years. Um, if I don't make a main in two years, I'm done. So I think that that's that's a good goal to set, and uh, hopefully I can make it happen. I tell you what, man, with your work ethic and you know what you've been through, where you've come, where you came from, starting, and I think you got it in you, man. I I really look forward to seeing what you can do when you get are able to get back on the bike and in the 2021 and 2022 season, I, I really, uh, you got us behind you, man. We're really uh, looking forward to seeing what you can do in the future. Thank you guys. I really do appreciate it, man. I mean, a lot. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's like I said, like we said before, it's not every day that you see someone from our area be pro and get to be able to go and, and try to get to a main event. And um, on Saturday, I mean, it, it's really cool when you're watching qualifiers and, and you see a guy that, you know, from West Virginia pop up there and, you know, so you have to cheer for him no matter what, you know, so it's really cool to see you see you out there and, and pursuing your goals. And, and hopefully there's some kids out there that are watching you say, you know, watching you never give up. So that's, that's always, that's always a good thing. Thank you guys, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. And just never quit. That's, I think one thing that's probably gotten me to, to where I'm at right now is just not quitting. That's awesome, man. So uh, one question that we ask all of our guests before we let you off the hook here, if you had to pick 
one fast food and one candy for the rest of your life, and that was the only thing you could eat as far as fast food and candy goes, what would it be? Okay, fast food. I'm either, yeah, I'm going to say Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, hands down. I, I think that's my fast food favorite right there. Um, candy? Reese's Reese's cups, man. <laughs> I got an addiction to chocolate. I love all things chocolate, but I think Reese's take it. I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm a Reese's cup fan myself. I tell you what, man. We we've asked this question to several people now. I I think Chick Fil A is batting about ninety percent right now. Ninety nine point nine. It's it's the way to go, man. <laughs> it really is. I'm with you on the Chick Fil A thing. So. <laughs> Well, oh, well, Vincent, yeah. thanks for coming on to the podcast today. We really appreciate your time. And, buddy, we really look forward to seeing what you can do in, in, in the future. And we're, we're proud to say that you're from this state and that you're a local guy making it, uh, trying to make it on the big show. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate you all having me on the show. No problem, man. He'll up and play the next season you can make a main. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, guys, that was uh, Vincent Harrison, local rider that is uh, kind of making it on the big scene. Guys, we're we're excited to have him on and hear his or hear his perspective on the struggles of being a privateer and you know just being persistent and living out your dream, man. It, 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 like I said before, when he was on here, it's really awesome to hear somebody that has came from riding a local sea level uh, racing schedule to being able to, to, to work his way all the way up to uh, the pro ranks because that's, that's something that, that speaks volumes about somebody's work ethic and their determination to make it and what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, especially, it's really awesome to see, like, you know, he's probably one of the, one of the last uh, Pyramid Valley guys to go that far. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, one of the last people that would come from Pyramid, and it's really cool – once again, to see the talent that Pyramid Valley had brought around from this area to, to build up, and also it's just it's just awesome to see a local guy because when you got to train pretty much all year round for the Moto Series, you know there's so much talent out there and um, to make to make it work. And every day it's an it's an everyday battle just to be when you're healthy, you know. And right now he's dealing with some some pretty serious injuries. Yeah. And hopefully he'll be back on the bike soon and um, be healed up. Yeah, uh, so Brandon, while we're on the uh, motocross scene, uh, <clears throat> what other local, or I'm sorry, not local, but what other news is going on in the motocross scene right now? Uh, Supercross season's coming up, and I think there's a lot of uh, team movements going on. I we know there is some stuff that we're going to talk about that that's a little bit older. Uh, we didn't get a chance to have this discussion last week, so I thought we'd go ahead and do it this week. Yeah, um, the bit, you know, we kind of all assumed and knew, um, but they finally made it official. Uh, the Lawrence brothers are Jet and um, Hunter Lawrence are both going to be on HRC Honda 250 team, um, which is awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure they are with Red Bull now. I think yes, they are with yes. Red Bull. Yeah, um, I saw uh, Hunter walking with Red Bull hat on yeah. the other day. So, so um, that's really cool to see that Honda's still going to have some 250s out there. It's not as big as the Geico scene was, but but it's quality riders. But it is quality riders and. Riding Red will be out there on a 250 side, which also is cool. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Jet Lawrence did um, his uh, like riding like with the lights off with the lights. <clears throat> yeah, on that single track, pretty yes, much. Yeah, they did it handlebar hand width, and he had to do it 
you know what that's hard it looks sketchy yeah it is sketchy <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool to see and then the other um big one was which we all kind of knew that he would had you know he was trying to find a ride was Joe Shimoda mm-hmm. landed with team Kawasaki over in uh, Mitch Payton's group so I tell you what man that right there could be a very good matchup for him because man Mitch Payton throws so much work and time and effort in those riders and he's a rider that but he ended up on the podium there. Yeah, he was a he's ascending right now. His his um his career is going up. Uh, he started off a little bit rough, started off a little bit slow, but he's he's ascending in his career. And I, I feel like that being partnered up with with Team Green like that is is the right move for him. Mitch Payton is somebody that demands and expects the best out of his riders, and I feel that you know if you're somebody that needs that need that little bit of extra push and that little bit of extra motivation. Like you're going to the right place with, uh, with Mitch Payton. Uh, a lot of guys are beating down the door to try to get in there. I mean, you know, even um, Amart uh, was trying to get in yeah. with Mitch Payton and Joe Schmoda got in over, over Amart. So that was something, you know, it shows that Mitch sees a lot in that kid because, because it takes a lot just to get in that program. I've heard about people that basically camp out in his parking lot and, uh, uh, pretty much harass him for weeks on end until they get the answer either they want or the answer that they're not looking for from him. Um, it shows that you know he wants to see the work ethic from those guys, and, and it takes work just to even to get his time to talk to him right yeah. now. So yeah, he does a really good uh, job over there. I mean, look at the talent he's you know he's brought through. You know, just AC was the last one. I mean, he was that got you know and he sticks with you and like when he chooses you no matter if you're having a really bad season or whatever i mean mitch payton usually sticks behind you so um i mean look at like austin forkner and ac for instance they both uh you know ac had a lot of injuries austin's going through the same thing so um it's just really cool for joe Shimoda to land up there i, I have a feeling that you're going to start seeing um him fight for podiums like every race so and it's good to see the guys that lost their rides uh due to geico closing down being able to find find rides and find means to still race in 2021 the lawrence brothers you knew they were going to find rides maybe jets carrying that <laughs> carrying them just a little bit uh as a pair because i kind of think they're their deals are kind of like, you know, if one goes, the other goes. goes. Yeah. So um, um, Hunter has got a lot to – He's got a lot to offer. He just hasn't – he just hasn't had that good season, you know what I'm saying? He's more of an outdoors rider. He's more of an outdoors rider, and he's been battling injury after injury, and it seems like whenever he's starting to ascend back into his championship potential, uh, he has something that knocks him back down a notch or two. So what I'm looking for him this coming season is something – I don't, you know, you, I don't feel like you you need to see uh, wins consistently, but I feel like it'd be nice to see consistent riding and then maybe a flash here or there to to show that he's still got that talent, he's still got that speed, and to stay injury free. That's the that's the big thing right there. You have to stay injury free, or you might as well not even be on the track to begin with. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, motocross is very hard um, to to be uh, consistent and stay healthy every year. I mean, I don't know how Ryan Dungey did it for all those years, but, you know, he, he was very, very rarely missed a race. So it's hard to do in that in that sport. Motocross is just tough on you. But the, the another big change was Justin Hill, for some reason, I don't think I've seen anything re, uh, that came up about why he wasn't riding. Um, but he's not no longer a uh, bullfrog, top bullfrog rider. 
Um, so Brock Hill is going to come. I mean, Brock Hill. Brock Tickle is going to come in <laughs> and uh, fill that spot for him. So that's really cool for Brock Tickle to get another ride. Unfortunately, like I said, Justin Hill isn't going to be filling that ride this year. So I'm really impressed with the with the Bullfrog Spall team and the the quality of riders that they're able to to attract there. That team is. I don't feel like it's it's a building block team. I don't feel like it's a team that that guys often would want to leave. It just seems like they kind of get the misfits of the of the bunch and of, of, of the Supercross bunch. And Justin Hill was one of those misfit, misfits. And I, I kind of have mixed emotions about him because I feel like there was so much talent there and so much potential. And I don't feel like Justin really ever – Sometimes I don't feel like he wants Cared to be enough. there. Yeah, like yeah it didn't seem like he really – and there's nothing wrong with that. He had a stellar career, I mean, just to make it to where he made it. But it's, it, sometimes it just seemed like he wasn't all in. But the talent was always there, and I think they saw the talent there. I don't know how the separation went between the Bullfrog Swall team and Justin, but either way, it's – you know, I, I feel like there was there – was, there was good races and good finishes left on the table in his career, whether this is the end of his career or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he does that music stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he tries to go over there and you know be a musician and um, stuff like that, which which is fine and all. Um, you know, it's just when you you ra- when you when you race at that top level, you have to be consistent. You have to be all in on that, like you said, because there's guys out there that you're facing are all in on there. Like, you got Tomac. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, when you're going up against Tomac, Marvin Muskan, Ken Rocks, and all those guys, any of those guys, any day can win. I got an interesting question for you then. Oh, boy. So, we talk – we, we kind of go down on – or we kind of get down on <laughs> – <laughs> we kind of get down on Justin Hill for the music thing. <laughs> Shoot. But what do you think about uh, the Seven Deuce Deuce? Uh, we kind of look at him in a different perspective. Is it because the talent isn't there as much and we look at him as more of an entrepreneur? Um. Or is it because – He's just funnier, <laughs> and, yeah. and he's got a cooler well, personality. Well, at least when he does it, he kind of raps about motocross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's still he's still thinking about moto. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, honestly, I mean, I don't really know the difference why we accept anything that instead of Hill, but just just a thought I had. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good it's a good question. It's just like, why do we always hate on? Uh, why you know? Why do we hate? On Fernandez for knocking people around, but it's because we love, he's fr- but we love it's Bam be- Bam. It's be- <laughs> well, here's the difference: is Bam Bam, Bam Bam is is Team USA, and you know he's kind of like uh, he can get away with more. Whereas you know we all kind of grew up watching the motocross movie, and in all of the racing movies that whether it be even Talladega Nights. Every bad guy is French. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it seems like the, the French the, the French riders kind of get the uh, the shaft there. But, I mean, I like Marv. I yeah. like uh, Dylan. I especially like Dylan's riding, riding talents. Yeah. He seems – oh, speaking of Dylan, did you see where he had that crash? Yeah, I mean, that, hopefully he can come back. But, man, that was a – I don't know what happened. It looked like he came up a little short on that. Oh, that he kind of endowed off yeah. of that uh, off that triple, and then and then came up short. But yeah. but yeah, he broke his hand. Um, they said that 
that he'll be out just a few weeks. So it's no big deal. He should be he should be good to go. That's somebody else that's going to be thrown into that 450 class. I can't wait till we do our um, preseason picks because we're going to write everything down. Brandon and I are going to keep score, and uh, we'll talk about the uh, 450 and 250 class and yeah. and uh, kind of go over what we think is going to happen in, the, in, in that class. Because I think you can kind of – it's getting to the point in that class where you can kind of just throw a dart at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what we should do is like uh, go either get on Pulp or get on um, Rocky Mountain and start a, a split line off road fantasy group. Yes. And then we all can get on and battle with everybody. So that'd be cool. That would be awesome. And then we could kind of dedicate a portion of the show to that and yeah. uh, maybe talk trash, yeah, you, know, you know, all that kind of fun. Yeah. To see you guys lose to me every week. But I mean, you know. Yeah. So you guys that are still on the podcast right now and haven't left yet, <laughs> uh, uh, remember that. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look into that, making our own little uh, uh, pulp league as far as uh, fantasy. In other news, the uh, GNCC schedule was announced this weekend. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I did see that. Yeah, actually, you sent it to me, didn't I, you? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, looking at that schedule, there's at least, I think, six rounds that you can make it to living <laughs> in this area of the state and maybe not travel but two hours. I know. Which is like a local again. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how many races you have to have to qualify for the GNCC, but... I would say 10. If I had to guess, I would say 10. I think you have three drop I could be wrong, but it's a 13-race schedule. Mm -hmm. I would say you need to have 10 to qualify for points. But, you know, looking at the schedule this year, it's pretty interesting seeing that they're going to several tracks uh, twice. And uh, a couple of those tracks, you know, it was interesting. I I was listening to the to the ceremony last night uh, of the GNCC ATV and uh, Walker Fowler was talking about looking at the schedule <clears throat> and kind of check marking races off. Like, I think I got this one. I think I got that one. And, you know, you know, this one is where I might struggle. Oh, we're going here twice. And I think he was referring to the John Penton where, where Bryson Neal has been really on a tear there for the past uh, three races. So uh, they're going there twice this year. Mm. I think that uh, it's going to be an interesting season, uh, you know, especially, you know, going to some of these tracks twice where where guys are very familiar with the terrain, very familiar with that track, and, and, and traditionally have success at those tracks. So uh, that throws another kind of monkey wrench in the in the season, in the 2021 season. So uh, is that something to look forward to to see, to see for sure? Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, I think they're coming back to CJ R- Raceway, which yeah. is uh, which is a new one. I think uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do it with the Buckwheat Festival. I can't remember when all that happens. Yep, but the Buckwheat 100 will be October 9th and 10th. So, so like you said, uh, it, it's going to be a good good year for the guys that live in uh, the North Central West Virginia yeah. uh, region. You know, I, I think I'm going to try to make it out to a few of these races. Yeah, I mean, when I don't this think close, I'm, when they're this close, you got to hit them. Yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, just to say you could do – I mean, if you have never done one, just go do one. I think I, I've never done one yet. I'm, You'll do snowshoe with me? No, no, no. Why not? I'll watch. Listen, we'll get right. – <laughs> Get Someone will me a bike and I'll do it. I mean, I don't care. I just want to turn my bike up. I mean, you're not going to tear it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll no. race the AM race. The track will be bad. My bike will probably make it through the race, but I'll have to replace every bearing. Every oh, it's not gonna be that bad. <laughs> it's not gonna be that bad, Brandon. We'll get a <laughs> we'll get a house up there together. We'll 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 pit for each other. It'll be a fun weekend. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll pit for you all day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, I think you know maybe we can get the uh, split line 
off-road nation to, to maybe uh, talk you into coming. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe. I said, anybody has like a spare bike, I'll go. I mean, I don't care if it's a two two stroke, four stroke. I mean, but the thing with a dirt bike is, is you can avoid those rocks a little bit more. A little bit more. Well, you got the rocks, you got trees, you got mud. Mud's the worst one, man. You get you get you ever take um I seen uh, I think it was <laughs> Joe McCarty actually I seen a picture of his. He went and raced a local and um he undid his uh linkage to clean his linkage out. You should see all the dirt that just fell out of the linkage. I'm like Well, just take it apart after the oh, race yeah, and just you take know, it apart, you no know, big deal. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Listen, to you. you can't be a tightwad your whole life, but <laughs> listen, I got a kid on a Cobra, all right? I got a, I got a 50 That's true. rider, man. That's true. He Brent. just cost me the, he just broke the bank already for, before Christmas. So you going to be doing anything this winter uh, riding-wise? That's the plan. I, I actually wanted to go riding today, but uh, I where we Where are you going to go? Um, well, we were going to go to Willow Creek, which is out by, um, little right there in Marietta, Ohio, but they had a little rain come through last night. Um, but Dan and, uh, I think Tim Ash is down at, uh, Tomahawk right now. So ride without me and, uh, Colt wanted to go to Tomahawk. We has, I just got his cover back together, um, top end on it. And, uh, he's like, dad, can we go to Tomahawk? And I was like, uh, no, not today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we're going to be coming out to the fast tracks barn event, uh, <clears throat> here in a couple of weeks, right? January 9th, I believe is, is their second round. I know they had their first round up there. Yeah. Well, today, yesterday and today, right? It was actually Friday and Saturday. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. Friday and Saturdays. Okay. So we're, we're going to go up there and, and do that. Um, I, that'll be interesting. I'll let you guys know how, how it goes because I, I will be bringing three kids. <laughs> three. <laughs> three. Three kids that have never seen a track before. Oh, boy. We're have my, my nephew, Judah, uh, my daughter, Victoria, and Nolan's going to be on the Stasic. Oh, boy. So we got to get him on that P-Dub. I know we need to get some Wheaties in him though, <laughs> man. He's he's so he's so stinking small. Oh, <laughs> I'm geez. afraid that P-Dub get on top of him and he would never be able to get it off. So, oh, so guys, uh, we're at about an hour right now. Um, we really appreciate Vincent coming on today and talking to us about the uh, pro privateer lifestyle. That's <laughs> man, I tell you what, I don't know if I'd have it in me to run that that the the way that he does. It's hard, man. I mean, just doing it, you know, out of a pocket just for fun. Um, and we don't travel that far as of right now. Like we're on our like two hour radius right now. Um, it's tough. I mean, like I said, it just for the weekend to go out to fast tracks. So, I mean, I'm looking at 600 bucks easy. Yeah. Um, so to go to Florida or then get to go over to Colorado to Thunder Valley <sighs> or wherever. I mean, he has that in gas money. <laughs> yeah, easy every <laughs> bit of it. Plus bike maintenance and taking care of your, you know, training and all that stuff. So, um, Hats off to him and uh, any privateer out there, you know, hats off to you guys. Um, if you guys ever need a mechanic, you know, get a hold of me. I'll, I'll go hold a pit board or something for you guys. <laughs> He'll hold a pit board, but he won't work on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean, if you want it to run, I don't know. I don't know how good you want it to run. I can clean it for you. I mean, yeah, I could be your wash boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <clears throat> we, appreciate you, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. Uh we're going to be looking to have another special guest next week for, for our Christmas episode. And um, we're just going to keep rolling through, guys. It'll be a, we're, we're not going to be missing any weeks at all. Uh, we're trying not to. That's how we roll, man. We're, we, we, we came into this thing saying that we wanted to be consistent, and that's what we're doing. So this is 15? 
15 yeah, in a 15, row. Yeah. 15 in a row. So, uh, I'm, well, I mean, it's 15 in a row for me. It's uh, back to one for Brandon. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, mean, <laughs> come on, I was there with you. I was with you in heart, man. He was. He was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for uh, being with us this evening on the Split Line Off Road Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.